0: The Fairgrounds Lecomp Stakes Day edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. We're also brought to you by Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T dot com and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. We're also brought to you by the SGPM Merch Store. 15% off everything when you use the promo code PLAYOFFS. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious O.T.B., brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And, folks, as always... It's all good, baby, baby. It was all a dream we used to read blood horse magazine i've got my cuban link yes cuban b and i'm your host chase essence the wolf of oakland i got ice all over my body looking like a snowman Snowman. big rocks in the grill dancing like a slow jam my chain's so heavy i'm walking like an old man try me you joining me today uh like the great singer don ho once said tiny bubbles joining me on my show i might be butchering that that line a little bit uh, but but joining me from the west coast this morning, uh, the band that people love to hate on Twitter. Many men wish upon me. Ladies and gentlemen, one half of the drinking Champagne show, uh, Andrew Champagne. Welcome to the show, man.
1: It's my pleasure, man. Really happy to be here. Uh, we're gonna talk a little fairgrounds for Saturday. And even though it's not necessarily position A for a lot of people who may have been looking forward to the weekend at Oaklawn, this is a really good card. And I had a lot of fun looking through some of the stakes races last night. Before we begin, though, I feel like we need to send our thoughts and prayers somewhere to someone that you and I both know and love very much to his prized possessions. Um, Has anyone thought about Matt Dinnerman's Ducks? who probably thought they were flying south for the winter and instead got trapped in what can only be described as a polar vortex
0: right right there's his ducks are all stuck here in the polar vortex what i have always said to him was you know that you're bringing your ducks to the duck hunting capital of of the united states like Mm -hmm. that's that's one thing that we that we have and i was like you You're doing the equivalent of flying just a a doomed battalion into a hot LZ. Yes, I I
1: bet I know what his exact response was, at least what it would have been if it was me.
0: What's that? Duck you.
1: (laughs) For the record, I woke up about 15 minutes before we started recording, and the fact that I was able to reach back in the recesses of my brain for a peak dad joke and just pull that out at the drop of a hat uh, that scares the hell out of me, Chase.
0: It it just means that you're you're ready for fatherhood, quite honestly. Because if you don't have that humor that early in the morning, then you're uh, you're gonna be living a a, a weird life. Oh, all right. How do you feel about fairgrounds as a track? I'm going to give you my my take on fairgrounds, or at least on the fairgrounds dirt track, which is the fairgrounds stretch is roughly two and a half months long. Yes. It is the reason I say that prayers for the wire to hurry up and get there are seldom friggin' answered.
1: <laughs> it's certainly different from a couple of other tracks on the circuit. I play Delta Downs a fair bit, especially with the low takeout pick fours that they have right now. Shout out to Delta Downs, by the way. I feel like not nearly enough horse players are giving them credit for doing what we beg all tracks to do. It's almost like horse players are just looking for things to complain about, right? Uh, But fairground stretch is indeed long. I, most of the time, cannot figure out their turf course at all whatsoever, There are times where that turf course plays very, very, very slow. And I don't love that when really good horses are going mile and an eighths in 152, 153. It doesn't make sense to me. But having said that, there's a couple of horses I really like in a couple of the turf stakes races coming up on Saturday at Fairgrounds. So maybe I'm playing with fire here. But ultimately... I'm pretty pumped about this. I think it's going to be a very good card. They're going to get a lot of money in handle because a lot of places have canceled. So let's yeah. have some fun and let's see if maybe we can give the people, give the people what they
0: want. There we go. We are all about the people here. And people, what are we going to be talking about today? Andrew already alluded to. We're doing the Fairgrounds, the Comp Day Stakes races. Uh, first post for that is going to be 1 o'clock Eastern, 12 o'clock God's time, uh, 10 a.m. out where Andrew is in the specific time zone. Um, we got what six stakes races. We got the Duncan Kenner. We got the Mary, the Marie Krantz. We got the silver bullet day. We got the Colonel ER Bradley. That's not just, that sounds like the plot to just like a bad soap opera right there. Look at that. Look at, we've already got drama. Then of course you got the great Louisiana, the grade three LeCompte. What are we going to do? We're going to give you a top pick and a value pick for some win bets uh for for all these races a top pick that we think is our likely winner or a value pick that we think could upset the old apple cart here uh i always ask if there was an overarching strategy for like a sequence or how you were playing a card or so i'm, I'm sure the answer to this is going to be huh, no uh but uh did you have any sort of strategy for for looking at these races uh that you tried to like keep in the back in your mind when you were looking at all of them
1: I mean, a couple of them were pace makes the race situations, and we'll talk about that as we go into it. There is one instance where 99.9% of my action in a particular multi-race sequence is going to be going through one horse that is not a morning line favorite. Now, before we go any further on this, we're giving you a best bet and we're giving you a value play. There was a discussion a couple of days ago on Horse Racing Twitter. I believe it was a question posed by Marcus Hirsch of the Daily Racing Forum talking mm-hmm. about the perceptions of public handicappers and if a one-two-three system works. Again, there's no perfect way to do it because if you're a horse player, you're going to complain about someone or something at some point. It is just sure. what we do. So we're going to try to cover as many bases as we can so that everybody out there can get something out of what we're trying to do. And if you don't like it, send all of your hate mail to Chase. All of yeah, it.
0: Dir- directly to me. I will I will go ahead and just, I, I'll be like uh, Michael Clark Duncan in the Green Mile and just eat all of that evil uh, for, for Andrew. Um, let's go ahead. Let's dive in. Uh, we're starting with uh, race four, the five and a half furlong. Uh, Duncan Kenner stakes on the turf. I don't know if Duncan Kenner is still with us, but if he's not, uh, RIP Duncan Kenner, we miss you, Uri. Day, uh, a pretty interesting little five for long, five and a half furlong race here. Um, you know, you've got horses that are kind of moving to the turf for the first time. That it might be a speed ball on the front end. There's a lot going on. What did you think of this race? Who'd you end up with for a top pick? First of all, Duncan Kenner
1: hasn't been with us for about 140 years. A quick search of the source of all knowledge, Google, uh, says that he was an American politician who died in 1887. So. Thoughts and prayers during this trying time. Having said that, there's a horse I like a fair bit in here, and it's the very first horse in the program. That's number one, Just Might, who went wire to wire last time out in a very similar spot. That was his first win in a wild chase. But to be fair, he was going up against a lot of very good turf sprinters. If you look back at his running lines, the winner of the race, two back was Coppola. There were a couple of instances over the summer where he ran into the horse that is number one in all of our hearts, no balls. Uh, There were some really nice horses in his running lines. And more importantly for me, there's not a lot of early speed in this five and a half furlong turf sprint. Just might has speed and breaks from the rail. I think he goes early, doesn't get a lot of opposition, and winds up getting pretty comfortable on the front end. There is a horse directly to his outside pirate, Rick, who has some early speed, but he's only tried turf once and that did not go well. I think Just Might is the controlling speed in this race. I think he gets very comfortable and I think that's his desired trip. So Just Might for me is my top selection. If you're looking for a value play, I went with number four, Evan Singh, who has found trouble a couple of different times but does add blinkers, and I think that's really going to help this horse. He's had some gate issues in his last couple of starts, but he's also shown a fair amount of talent, won a similar stakes race here last February when he won by three-quarters of a length in the Colonel Power Stakes, granted over a lesser group, but I think he'll be a little bit more forwardly placed than he has been. I think the blinkers might well calm him down, and that may very well give him the right trip. To make an impact on this race at a bit of a price, but just might is a pretty strong lean for me in here, especially coming off the win last time out over a lot of the same horses that also show up in here.
0: I I love how you always say, uh, you know, there's a thousand different ways to look at a horse race, you know, come up with the same thing. Well, we didn't actually didn't come up with the same thing at this time. Uh, I went with Minnesota ready because I actually saw the pace a little bit different. I thought that with pirate Rick sitting right to the outside, it just might that those two link up and go and that it's going to kind of burn it down for a horse like uh, like Minnesota ready. And there's one thing that almost every single horse in this race has in common. It's coming off of like a career high or damn near career high speed figure. Uh, Minnesota ready is no different. But if I look back through the run history, I see that the horse doesn't have a history of massive regression in speed figures after putting up a big one. So Minnesota Ready should be running late for Neil Pe- Pesson with Ben Curtis up. Uh, if he can, you know, come close to that last 105 Briz speed figure last out and not regress a, a whole ton, I, I think that he he's definitely a play at nine to two. I went with a big price with my value pick, and that's the sixth Swift I am at 10 to one. Uh, if people are chasing speed figs, then Swift Swift I am is going to take some money. Might not get that ten to one, uh, but I think it should present some value here. It's another one that will come off the pace, and uh, you know because of this, you know this horse hasn't been on the turf an extensive amount in its career. Uh, you know, it's only run on the turf three times. Put out a career best speed figure. I'm really interested to see what this can do this horse can do with continued running on the turf who knows maybe the fourth time on the turf is the one that takes it over the top and we get it in at a at a bigger price
1: so it's funny you mention that because if you like those two horses who ran third and fourth behind just might last time out don't you also have to like the 3 Sosua Summer who was second in that race
0: i mean a little bit i i i'm also a, a just a very big fanboy for uh for Bill Mott i i, I I tend to like Luis Saez being on horses that are a little bit more forwardly placed. And then there's the the other question of, like, what does this horse do after putting up that huge speed figure? Like, I'm seeing where the horse ran a, what, 96 and $149,000 allowance. And then with Rosario up, and then the speed figures just kind of started plummeting off of that. Now we put up a 106. How far does the horse drop after that? I don't really know. Uh, But yeah, I think Sasua Summer, this is a wide open five and a half furlongs. I, I completely agree with you here.
1: It's a lot of fun. This is a race where it doesn't necessarily have a massive field, but you've got some class signed on. We haven't even talked about horse number five, Bad Beat Brian, who for a time last year was one of the best turf sprinters in the country, ran Caravel to a head in the grade two Shaker Town. Man, that Chris Emmy guy gets a lot of mounts for Brittany Van Berg. It's almost like they share a bedroom or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Almost like it. Almost like it, Andrew. All right. Got to get a word in real quick before we hop to the next stakes race. Uh, from our friends at DraftKings, DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs. I'm going to bring you an offer that will help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. What are some lines? What are some some odds that I like? Listen, as a self-professed, unders taker i'm not going to tell you specific lines i'm just going to tell you take the under on everything do you know how lucrative it is to bet on fun things not to happen in sport in sports extremely extremely and guess what boring things happen all the time so download the drafting sports book app now and use code SGP new customers can bet just five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP the crown is yours gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call eight seven seven eight 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in Connecticut help us available for problem gambling call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org Please play it responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 Plus Age verifies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. at CdKNG.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms and responsible gaming resources. And gotta get a little rehydration interlude Bubble in the flashing the with the window crack. All right, we are back. Moving to race nine, the next of what a a all stakes pick five. Uh, this is the kickoff leg, eight and a half furlongs, one hundred thousand dollar Marie G. Krantz Memorial Stakes. Uh, we I can confirm. Uh, we do miss you every day, Marie G. Krantz. Um, I'll go ahead. I'll lead this one off since the, the last one, uh, the last race, or sorry, the last race was a uh, uh, Andrews lead off. So here we go. I'm gonna go with lovely princess at three to one Uh, lovely princess getting Kenny McPeak and gets my favorite jockey hashtag here. Hashtag BJHJ uh, up in the irons for a horse. That's one for one at the fairgrounds after, after the uh, the last out win. Uh, I think it's going to benefit from a pace duel between Swoonatra and and join the dance here. So I kind of like lovely princess to get it done value pick. I went with the seven unbridled Mary at 10 to one. I love the middle move that should come from Unbridled Mary in the spot. It, it gets back to the preferred surface today after his stakes try on, on dirt last out. Uh, retains David Cohen for Kenny McPeak. I don't know if other McPeakin' is a thing like other Chadden or other Bobbin'. But if it is, then Unbridled Mary is a great price. We'll be moving sooner than Lovely Princess, which is handy if the duel doesn't necessarily develop. Uh, a- Andrew, what did you think of of the Marie G. Krantz?
1: So I'm not going to spend too much time on this because we see this race pretty much the same way. I think number one Lovely Princess gets an ideal trip sitting just off of speed that I don't think is necessarily high quality. I love the fact that she's clearly a better horse with Lasix than without Lasix. It's an ungraded stakes race at the fairground, so she gets to run with Lasix in this spot. She beat a number of these Last time out with a very similar trip, sitting just off of a very solid pace, wound up prevailing that day. Yes, the runner-up was just a head behind, but they were almost five months clear of that day's third-place finisher. I think Lovely Princess has every right to get the trip she wants using that tactical speed and get first run as the field turns for home. For a little bit of a price, I went with number six, Fancy Martini, who is a win-type Won three of seven starts last year most of them in high level optional claiming company she has changed hands a lot for a lot of money when you're running horses for claiming tags of eighty thousand or a hundred thousand you're generally not expecting those horses to get claimed this one got claimed three different times last year for eighty thousand dollars a bunch of people clearly think this horse is a runner First time Robertino Diodoro is a very, very powerful move. This is another horse that does have some tactical speed. Ran in this race a season ago. Did not run well. Sort of made a little bit of a middle move, but flattened out. But I think may very well be a better horse this time around. And if you're looking for a little bit of value underneath my top pick, this one has a chance to get a very similar kind of trip. I just don't necessarily think is the quality of Lovely Princess, who is to 3-1 on the morning line. I think that's coming down a little bit. I would be pretty surprised if that one doesn't go off the favorite in this spot.
0: Since uh you folks at home don't have the video, I will tell you that when I said hashtag BJHJ, uh Andrew put his head in his hands and and started asking the Lord what he was doing uh <laughs> on this show so early in the morning. All right, moving on, race 10, eight eight and point three furlongs, I believe. The mile and seventy yard, hundred and fifty thousand dollar silver bullet day stakes on the dirt. Uh it's going to be a pretty interesting little race again. I, I think you really kind of hit the nail, nail on the head here. This is a great card. So why don't you take it away with the silver bullet day? Let me know what you're thinking here. Uh, do you, I, I had trouble finding value. I felt like every horse I liked was right around the same price.
1: So I didn't necessarily have a problem finding value in this spot, but number six, West Omaha seems like the horse to beat. This horse ran very well in the debut Horse got moved up to second after being forced to pass a lot of other horses late, which is very hard for a debuting runner to do. Second time out, went wire to wire at Churchill over several next out winners. That's a key race. Next time out in the untappable here at Fairgrounds at this route, going two turns for the first time, did not run badly, was second beaten two lengths, showed that this horse could very well get two turns, which is a legitimate question mark For many runners in this spot, I see the rider switch to Luis Saez on a horse with tactical speed. I love that move. And Brad Cox, we all know when he gets a horse good, they tend to stay good. West Omaha is the top pick. However, big however, there's a legitimate value horse in this particular spot. And that's number two, Accommodate Eva, who is 12 to one on the morning line draw a big old line through the Breeders' Cup Juvenile fillies. That horse clearly bounced off of a decent win at Keeneland and just wasn't ready to run against some of the top two-year-old fillies in the country. That just wasn't what this horse really wanted to do. Connections took a shot. Can't fault them for doing that, but that horse was 84-1 to 1 and ran like it. The two starts since then, though, they'd been able to give this horse Lasix And it wound up, I think, working to an extent. But also, there's every chance this horse just loves the fairgrounds. The start two starts ago, this horse was 11th of 14 at the first point of call, going five and a half furlongs, rallies to finish fourth. That's a very difficult thing to do. They stretched this horse out to six furlongs, and that was enough ground for this horse to rally from 11th, 10 lengths off the pace to get up and win. Granted, that was against Louisiana Breads. This is a tougher spot, but there is speed signed on in here. Perfect shot's going to be close. Miss Code West is going to go. Play good, pay good, and you really need to say that slowly, otherwise you're going to get tripped up, is probably going to go. Ma Ray's girl is going to go. West Omaha isn't going to be far off of it. I think there's going to be a very legitimate pace. And if you're betting on a meltdown, I think horse number two, Accommodate Eva, is worth a flyer at or near that morning line price because there's every chance this horse has a lot of talent. They've figured out this horse is a deep, deep closer and also has the pedigree to say that two turns is not going to be a problem. Buy Munnings out of a pleasantly perfect mare. There's some stamina there, Chase, and I think this one's live at a considerable price. West Omaha is going to be tough, don't get me wrong. But if you're looking for a bomb, I think that's the way
0: to go. I, I'm with you in the, in the sense that whoever wins is going to have to hold off West Omaha late. That's that's what's going to come down to. Can you, can you hold off West Omaha late? Uh, my top pick here, I went with the one perfect shot. I actually want to hear your take on my theory here, which is Gunrunner shined his best in in the four-year-old campaign. Like, he really kind of matured and came into his body like candy ride horses kind of tend to do when they get a little bit older. With Gunrunner, though, his offspring were have been precocious at two-year-olds. So, I mean, are these horses just going to keep getting better as they get older? Like, are they really going to develop? So I kind of like the idea of a Gunrunner baby here developing into its three-year-old body and uh, maybe being a little bit, you know, maybe catching on to a a pedigree angle before it actually turns into an angle that people use chase it's almost like if you breed to a horse
1: that stayed in training and got better as it got older good
0: things will happen who knew it's amazing it's amazing i uh yeah I, I kind of I went with that angle because I mean uh, there's a lot there are things about Perfect Shot that I don't like which is uh, this is the horse's first time facing winners but one thing that I do really love is that uh, you know Perfect Shot should have the the first run trip here on on the uh, speed in this race. And I know that fairground stretch run is exactly two and a half months long, but I think that this one could have enough in the tank to hold off the late challenges from West Omaha. And who should be my, who's actually my value pick, because I think that this price floats quite a bit. The eight Sistina Chapel at seven to two. I wouldn't be surprised if this horse goes off five to one, nine to two, somewhere in that range. Uh, I know that the morning line odds lower the perfect shot, uh, but you know, West Omaha is going to take a ton of money at the window it being a Brad Cox horse at the fairgrounds. And I honestly don't think that West Omaha and Sistina Chapel are altogether all that different. Uh, but the prices, you know, should be ex or the price should be exponentially better on Sistina Chapel here.
1: I get it. Um, I hear where you're coming from my hesitation with perfect shot. I'm going to steal a turn of phrase from, I believe it's Caleb, one of my on the wrong lead compatriots. Oh yeah, I thought Perfect Shot had a candy-ass trip last time <laughs> out in that victory at Churchill Downs. That is exactly how you draw it up. That horse was too wide, sitting just off the pace, pounce turning for home. That's the trip every trainer wants every single horse to get, basically, when they're a two-year-old horse. I think the rail is a bit of a problem. Joel Rosario makes me nervous. If Joel Rosario has a chance to take a horse way, way back and make one big run, that's what he's going to do. Perfect shot may well have talent and is certainly a horse on the improve. I just think first time against winners, there's enough of a concern to where four to one is a bit of an underlay for me. But if you think that horse is going to move forward significantly, I'm also not going to talk you off of her either.
0: Just remember, remember what... (laughs) Andrew said uh, what, about Joel Rosario and his propensity for taking horses back whenever we talk about race 11. But before that, got to get a word in from our good friends at Cut. Cut is a peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and available in 40 states. Peer-to-peer social betting is new and better way to bet. Bet directly against your friends or other users on sports, politics, pop culture, and other events with verifiable outcomes. Plus, tons of fun social features give the feel of a betting social network cut even offers a lower vig and fully customizable odds, and you can create your own bet they handle the payment side of things so you never have to chase anyone down for money two dollars we've got social features group chats betting leaderboards head-to-head history user profiles fan groups and more plus you even got rewards get cash back every single time you bet against your friends and other users reminder cut is deep peer-to-peer social betting platform that's U.S.-based and legal in 40 states. Head to cut.com. That's K-U-T-T.com and use promo code SGPN for a 10% deposit bonus. And as always, we are brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, who has a way for you to play alongside your favorite fantasy football players all season long. Heck, not just football. It's NFL, but it's also NBA, NHL, college basketball, and college football. Simply pick higher or lower on your favorite player's fantasy stats and cash in. My favorite underdog pick-and-play for today's show Listen, we've already talked about me talking about unexciting things happening. Everything lower. Take that to the lower level, homes. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up for promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code S to the G to the P to the N. And... I'm gonna get a little sip of water in, and then we're gonna take off in race eleven. Just nothing, nothing like a a hot beat from the Nola to get you going whenever you're talking about your your uh, you know fairgrounds races. Let's talk about race eleven, the eight and a half furlong, one hundred thousand dollar Colonel E R Bradley Stakes. Um, you know what I'm gonna say, Colonel E R Bradley's still alive. Uh, glad, glad you're, you're hanging on Colonel ER Bradley. Andrew's going to Google that for me to, to confirm, but I'll go ahead. I'll lead it off. Uh, I went with the top pick here. Uh, number nine, a horse that has a name that shares a name with uh, something I tell people to do, uh, to my nether regions, uh, beatbox on them. Uh, yeah, yeah, there we go. Head and hands again. I'm taking the beatbox number nine, five to two. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a chalky pick, but I think this race falls to a first run style of horse, or at least what I hope is a first run style of horse, because I can't overlook the fact that beatbox has Rosario up and therefore could take this one much further back than first run range, but still looks strong in this field. You know, with, with Rosario and with, with this race, with beatbox, I've noticed that Sometimes with Rosario, it depends on who his who the connections are. Because I don't, I don't think he ever deviates from what Steve Asmussen tells him to do. I don't know if he does the same thing for Sheree Devoe. I'm hoping he listens to Sheree Devoe, who tells tells him to get up close. We'll see. My um, value pick, the five, English Tavern. I, I think that this is the horse that will actually have first run. It sounds weird, but I trust Jamie Torres to put this horse in stocking position more than I trust Joel Rosario to do the same thing. Uh, this might be the only first run pocket trip horse in the field if Beatbox is taken much further back uh, due to personal preference and tactics by Joel. So
1: I love this race. I love a horse here going to send a message just in case he is watching dear Florent Giroux. If you do not make the lead on strong quality, we have a problem. I saw this race completely differently from you. I think there is no speed except for horse number two in the program, that being strong quality, who is my best bet of the entire day, strong quality is a horse that I think has a ton of back class. If you look back at what this horse did last year, you see up to the mark, you see set piece, you see a lot of very, very good horses. They ran this horse two back in an off the turf race at Churchill and the horse jogged by nine and a quarter lengths. That is this horse's third consecutive victory with Lasix attached to it. Strong quality gets Lasix. Strong quality gets a race shape that sure seems to fit what he wants to do. Strong quality to me is not just a lone A. He is a single in absolutely everything that I put together. And it's real simple. If strong quality does not win, I lose. I think strong quality is the class of this field. I think he gets the trip that he wants. I do not have a value play in here. Strong quality to me is where this race starts and ends. And if you're telling me strong quality is not going to be favored and I'm going to get three to one, that is worth a significant win bet for me, Chase. I am genuinely excited to bet this horse.
0: Hey man, it's, it's all about, you know, opportunity meeting preparation. And I think you're right. If you feel strongly about that horse and you get three to one, three to one is a steal based on how you feel about it. So that's, more than warrants a, a heavier bet and actually because that's how you make money in this game is you actually press your your top strong ass opinions and three to one nothing to sneeze at. Listen, if you're a, sport, a regular sports better who's uh, listening to this show kind of getting into horse racing, uh, you probably think three to one's pretty damn sweet considering you're getting like nine to five at best most times.
1: And it's not like I'm giving you a horse that should be six to five, seven to five. This horse is not the favorite on the morning line. I think your horse beatbox is going to go favored. And if that's the case, this is the type of single that can act as sort of a separator single in some of those multi-race exotics, because maybe this horse goes off at five to two, three to one, but it might play a lot bigger in those pick fours and
0: pick fives. So this to me is the opportunity to press right here one I, just, I think i just noticed something oh nope nope i i was gonna get generals I, I was like hold on is is brigadier general and cross entered between this and the louisiana stakes So i realized it was a different no and by the way before we go any further i'm sorry to
1: tell you colonel er bradley died in 1946
0: <sighs> he made it he made it out of the war he made it home just to oh man
1: I, I think the colonel thing happened long before that because he was the preeminent oh. owner and breeder in the southern United States for the first half of the 20th century. So, yeah, I, if he was a colonel in World War II, um, that it just brings to mind a pretty funny image of a guy in a walker going through the the, the trenches of Europe
0: yeah oh yeah it's uh it's he probably he probably did his thing on flanders field he got busy on flanders field colonel er bradley all right let's move it on let's hit race 12 the first graded stakes race on the card the louisiana stakes i gotta tell you you you're right this is a loaded a loaded stakes race i think you know compared to what's happening with the rest of the country which is exactly nothing because they had to cancel all right eight and a half furlongs $175,000, like I said, a grade one and Andrew, please tell me, who's winning the Louisiana Stakes? Sure. So in the
1: grade three Louisiana Stakes, I think Saudi Crown is going to be the controlling speed. Number seven, Kapuna, has some speed, but that one is likely to wait a rescheduled stakes race at Oaklawn, so that one is probably going to be a scratch and that's a key scratch not because i thought kapuna had a chance to win the race but because that horse was going to be a legitimate pace presence and without that one i think saudi crown's job is a lot and i mean a lot easier i'm drawing a line through the breeders cup classic uh that horse just was not at the level of the likes of white abario derma etc This horse has been working very well at the fairgrounds. I like seeing a horse whose works move forward as you get closer to a race. I think Brad Cox has this one tuned up and with the scratch of Kapuna, I think Saudi crown has things a lot easier on the front end than he otherwise would have. I'm going to give you a value play. And I'm going to give you a horse to play against chase. I do not like number two, smile happy in this particular spot. Yes. He won the Ali Sheba last year and, Put up a massive figure. But this is also a horse that really likes Churchill Downs. His prior most impressive race came at Churchill Downs when he won the grade two Kentucky Jockey Club over a very good field. This, I think, is a horse for course. This is not the goal. And Ken McPeak's horses sometimes need a race off the bench in order to get going. So if you're telling me that horse is going to be contending for favoritism, I think that is a horse you try to play against. If... Kapuna was going to run. Number one, Red Route One was going to be my top pick. I wound up picking that horse second. It is my value play in this spot. Chase, you've got the PPs handy. Do me a favor. Tell me what's happened the last two times Red Route One has been able to run with Lasix.
0: Oh, let's see. Uh, I see a one. I see a another one. And yeah, uh, it looks like a lot of ones there,
1: Andrew. Yes. And there were a lot of good horses in those particular races. The third place finisher from the grade three, West Virginia Derby came back and won the grade one, Alan Jerkins at Saratoga. One of those Grade ones from Saratoga. We really don't like talking about because of everything that happened last summer. So red route won to me, hits me as the beneficiary of a race that has some pace attached to it. If Capuna had signed on and was going, that one would be my top pick because there would be several legitimate speed balls in this particular race. But I see Joel Rosario, and I think that's a strength for this horse because this horse is a died in the one-run closer who could take advantage of that two-and-a-half-month-long stretch run at the fairgrounds. Red Route 1, to me, is going to be going in the right direction late and should have some pace to run at. I just think Saudi Crown moves up with the scratch of Kapuna, and I think there's every chance Saudi Crown gets comfortable and forgets to stop. But I will be using Red Route 1 in a lot of those multi-race exotics wagers. I think 5-to-1 is an overlay, Chase.
0: I... I'm with you. I actually, my top pick was, was Saudi Crown, and this is you—you you pretty much covered why to like Saudi Crown. And so I'm just going to give my quick take on it, which is I don't think anyone's going to jump on that grenade now that Kapuna's out. I don't think anyone jumps on the grenade and softens that horse up early. And we've seen what this horse can do. Uh, it won the Jim Dandy uh, over Forte with a with a un you know with a with a uncontested lead. Uh, you can't tell me. Forte, not my Jim Dandy winner, as I like to say. Um, Yeah, Saudi Crown plus it's Brad Cox at the Fairgrounds. What does Brad Cox do well? Uh, Train horses that go out to the front and run really fast for a really long time, and rebreak sometimes, and and rebreak sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Here's a value pick for you, though. It's the six confidence game, fifteen to one. Your Rebel Stakes winner back the four-year-old campaign. I love Candy Ride babies as they get older. We were talking about Gunrunner earlier and Candy Ride. Uh, You know, I I think maybe Confidence Game could take off as an older horse. After winning the Rebel Stakes, you know, kind of knocked around, didn't, didn't quite take off like a lot of people thought the horse might. I also look at this horse's history and it shows me a horse that consistently pops second off the layoff. I think that this one could pop today second off the layoff after putting up a big figure in the tenacious here at the fairgrounds on 23rd of December. I know that the tenacious isn't all of the, all the words for the stakes to make uh, for the stakes race, but I didn't look it up. And uh, I I like thinking that, you know, I leave it open and that it could be the tenacious D stakes possibly.
1: So my thing with confidence game is if the skies open up, I would love this horse. If you look at the daily racing form and your Tomlinson numbers, this horse has a Mud Tomlinson number of 455, which is the highest off-track turf Tomlinson number I think I can remember seeing. You see the bloodlines. You see Candy Ride out of a Bernardini mare named Eb Sant. Eb Sant, of course, a half to the great Zenyatta, and I'm putting that in the universe just on the off chance the Zenyatta army is looking for a horse to bet on Saturday. Chase, I don't like this horse at all whatsoever. If that horse wins, I lose but i can't knock you for going for a price in this particular race i just i think we both agree that it's very likely saudi crown goes to the front and he starts seeing fractions like 24 48 112 and he just lulls the rest of the field to sleep but if someone goes on what amounts to a suicide mission with that one i think red route 1 is
0: the likely beneficiary all right we've got one last race to talk and i'm telling you that there are what? How many Kentucky Derby points are available for this one? What is it? Like, um, I, I'm not sure if it's 10
1: or 20. Let me look up source of all knowledge. There we go. I think it's I think it's 10. Prep races. I, I feel like it's 10 as well. Uh Let me go all the way down View full schedule. Well, why it's he com- is 20? It's reasonable. 20. 20 to the winner, 10 to second, then 6, 4, and 2 because they're now awarding the top five finishers. There is an outside chance, Chase, that every horse in this field earns Kentucky Derby points because while it shows a field of eight horses, we know that at least two of them are unlikely to go. We know that number one next level will not go. We know number eight awesome road probably will not go and there is a chance keith DeSormo scratches number three tizzy indy to bring us down to a five horse field so unfortunately ravaged by scratches a little bit here in the 13th and final race of the day there we go
0: and before we jump into the big one we're going to make you wait we're going to build that anticipation while i talk to you about our Good friends, the nerds at Hall of Fame Bets who want you to win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use code SGPN. That's Sam Golf. Pop in November to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with the Hall of Fame Bets and we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store. That's right. We got 15% off everything in the store. Now to the end of the month with promo code PLAYOFFS. PLAYOFFS? I mentioned we're also competing against the other shows. That's right, SGPN. We're comp- I'm competing against other SGPN shows for a bonus. You can help me. You can help me if you pick up a shirt. And listen, I'm wearing one right now. It's my Dirty Little Pig Boy shirt. And oh boy, does it look good. I know, I know Andrew loves the Dirty Little Pig Boy. He probably loves the Dirty Little Pig Boy shirt too.
1: I was going to say it's a nice looking shirt. And I wish you had told me sooner that you were in competition because I am all for a good competition that can get my friends some extra money.
0: There we go. And if I win the competition, I'll pay it for it. I don't know how. I'm not going to give you that money. That's for me. I earned that. But I'll figure out something cool to do with it. You know. All right. Let's talk about the LeCompte stakes. $200,000, eight and a half furlongs, grade three. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll, I'll I'll go ahead. I'll I'll lead it off and then let Andrew bring it home. My top pick is going to be the six lat long at eight to one. Uh, I think that this is the lone stalker in the field and lone run styles, always dangerous. Uh, Plus this one should have a pace to run into. If he can avoid getting sucked up into a duel early, if you toss the turf and off track performances, then you see a horse that's been on the steady improve in three straight starts. If this is a swift pace, like the last race out, then look out for lat long to spring the upset. And who's my value pick. It's Lat Long. I'm sticking with Lat Long as my value pick. I, I I gave Andrew conflicting notes before the show. I I I i told him it was something else, and then I got after I sent that message, I immediately got cute and decided to have Lat Long as, as my pick. Oh, you but, got
1: adorable on me.
0: I got it. I got corgis and sailor suits cute on you, oh, on you, Andrew. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I got babies dressed as flowers cute. That's but, sort did of cute. You,
1: but did you get wolf on a jet ski that looks like a whale cute?
0: sham do i love that i love that jet ski like a fucking son andrew i'll tell you that right now um <laughs> that's it's not cute it's it's badass it's it's cool it's you know well it's kind of cute uh, anything pa- painted like a shamu is is always listen to me calling it shamu a shamu like a child anything painted like an orca whale is also also pretty cool looking uh andrew tell me who's winning the lecomte So I took a similar strategy as
1: you did because I am not impressed by the horses that are coming out of the Gunrunner, the local prep for this particular race. That was won by your likely favorite, number seven, Track Phantom. Track Phantom has a lot of early speed, but there's a couple other horses in this race that have some speed. Number two, Nash, I think, was trying to get taught a lesson last time out and how to rate. It didn't take. I think Nash wants the lead it takes more than two horses for a meltdown the fact that this race is shortening in field size makes me a little bit nervous but I think there's every chance those two hook up early because neither of those horses want to concede the top end early on in this particular race those two horses both want to go early there's every chance I think that we still get a legitimate pace despite there being a small field with that in mind I'm going to take a shot and I admit I'm taking a shot here on a closer and that's number 4 Can Group. Can Group may very well be the second biggest price in this field, but when they started stretching this horse out, I think they got a sense that they were finding what this horse wanted to do. Yes, it was on the turf. But take a look at this horse's races on dirt from back at Ellis Park and I think you see a horse that you can recommend a lot of things for. First time out at Ellis Park, going five furlongs in the slop. One look at the pedigree will tell you that is not what this horse wants to do. But he managed to rally for third at first asking as a closer. That's not easy to do at five furlongs first time out. It's, It's not
0: easy to be a closer at Ellis Park, period.
1: Right. Especially with the way that track was playing last summer. You're right. Then, second time out, he hooks a buzzsaw by the name of Timberlake, who came right back was second in the hopeful and won the race that was named after me 100 years before I was born, the grade one Champagne at Aqueduct. Of course. That's a nice horse. The second place finisher that day, West Saratoga, came right back to win at Next Asking and so too did Can Group on the turf at Kentucky Downs. They then ran this horse in the Bourbon where this horse was 12th of 12 off of a pace that was not fast. That half mile and 48 and change that's not supposed to set up for a closer to come out of the clouds, but that's what Can Group did. They then sent this horse to Santa Anita for the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. He was a good fourth that day behind Unquestionable, who is a very, very nice horse from the barn of Aiden O'Brien. He's going to get some pace here. I don't know if this is a horse they're running here because of Derby Fever I don't know if they're running this horse because it's January, this horse needs a race and there's just not a lot of races for three-year-olds on the turf this time of year. So you see what you can get. But I do think this is the horse that's gonna be moving in the right direction late. And if this horse runs to the races it's run on turf, which is not a small if, That morning line price is an overlay because he has every right to win this race. I don't have a value play in here. That's can group. I do respect horse number five, Ethan Energy, who seems like the race's other closer, but I think that's the horse that's going to come down considerably as the wise guy alternative to your likely top two choices to where that one might be the third choice, but it's not going to be the third choice by much behind the top two. Give me the value with horse number four can group I think that one will still be somewhere close to the six to one morning line.
0: All right. And that, that's it. That wraps it up with the Lecompte. That's all the stakes races that are on that 13, a fantastic 13 race card down at fairgrounds. It's just, it's funny. It's everyone's misfortune in other parts of the country always translates to just fantastic racing cards. uh, In some places I'm thinking back to when Santa Anita had to shut down to, uh, to examine the racing surface, and the races at Oaklawn just got wild, just wild. Or hell, even during, during in 2020, whenever coronavirus was going around and they, they shut, you know, they weren't racing in California. It was like every single day you had allowance races that were the caliber of graded stakes races. So it's, uh, it's always someone always loses, but we all win in the long run, kind of.
1: It's a really good card, man. It's 13 races. There's a lot of intriguing races on the undercard. There are a couple of three-year-old maiden races with a lot of first-time starters. If you like diving into pedigrees, those are going to be your jam. It's a good card, and that's probably the best card in the country this coming Saturday. So if you're looking for something to do, get involved. Andrew, why don't you let the folks know where they can find you and uh, some of the stuff you got going on. Sure. Twitter is at Andrew Champagne or X is at Andrew Champagne or something to that effect. Trying to post more on threads, but there's not really a horse racing community there. You can find me there at 142winners. Uh, Lots going on for me, more so personally than professionally. I'm planning a wedding, so that's going to be fun. Uh, We're trying to get everything squared away. Earlier rather than later so that we can relax a little bit as the day gets closer, fingers, toes and eyes all crossed on that. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, in the meantime, uh, the bigger thing for me is just last week I bought a new couch. So I've been enjoying the heck out of that. Been enjoying that immensely so lots of good things going on there you can find my weekly podcast drank and champagne on the on the wrong lead network wherever you get your podcasts. and this week I will be hopping on with our friend Gino Bacola to talk about the upcoming Royal Rumble which is of course a week from tomorrow and in a yearly tradition unlike any other I will undoubtedly find a way to get screwed in his annual betting pool.
0: There we go. There we go. That's going to do it for us here at the Notorious OTV. Thanks for just a fantastic week of content. We had uh, we had Josh. We had Andrew. We completed a, a drinking champagne cycle this week. Uh, remember to check out their show. It's really good stuff. It's really entertaining, uh, and I'm a big fan of it. Uh, that's going to do it. We will catch you next week uh, where, because of the weather, I don't know what the hell will be going on. But- I mean,
1: I think there are horses with wings next week.
0: Oh, that's right. That's right. The old Pegasus. God, I'm so. Uh, I've been so underwhelmed by. The- You're welcome, Pegasus. Well, here's the fun trivia question.
1: So, of the horses that were on Horse Racing Nation a couple of days ago, there were 12 of them. So we're gonna probably get a big field. Of those 12 horses, Chase, how many Grade One wins do you think they all have put together? I'm gonna say three. One. Oof. National Treasure won the Preakness, and that's it. Now, those probables do include the winners of the Cigar Mile and the Clark, which had been grade ones up until this year. So there's a little bit of an asterisk there, but we're not keeping horses in training past their three-year-old year. year. The Pegasus was supposed to provide an avenue for doing that for at least one start. That is why they had that model where you bought in for a million dollars and you could lease out your slot and have fun with that and play games with your wealthy friends for it. But it's now just another grade one where the best horses don't run. And the best horses that are in training are looking at races like the Saudi Cup and the Dubai world cup that carry purses that justify keeping horses in training. So it's going to be puzzling. It's going to be a very good betting card. I will say that much, especially when you've got, you know, a field of 10, 12 horses. Yeah, that's great. But I miss when grade one races felt
0: like grade one races, man. Yeah, man, I, I, they're, It's, it feels sad because I don't think that they're ever going to live up to the first Pegasus World Cup.
1: Oh, that was a heck of an opening act with Arrogate
0: and Chrome, man. That yeah, was man. really cool.
1: And there were a couple of other legitimate highlights. Gunrunner stayed in training for one extra start. He won that race. Uh, City of Light put forth a really impressive performance when he beat Accelerate in that year's Pegasus World Cup. But right after that race, City of Light retired. And it's a shame because had City of Light stayed in training that year, he would have been able to go any distance from six furlongs to a mile and a quarter and beat the best of both divisions. Uh, that was a real shame. And that's borne out by the fact that a lot of his offspring have a lot of talent. So yep. it, it, it's tough to see a race like that that had a lot of potential, that was a legitimate idea. Yes, it's an event. But when a lot of the marketing materials don't have a single horse
0: on it, Mm. I've got a problem with that. A little bit, a little bit telling a little bit telling. All right. We will catch you next week. We've got, we've got guests coming on. We will be talking the Pegasus probably. Uh, And yeah, that's going to do it. We will see you next week. Have a great weekend.